Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Women in Music with me, Millie Cotton. On this week's episode, I have sound engineer Noodle. Noodle has been in control of the sound for huge events. She's looked after the sound for Boiler Room, for Nike, for Off-White, for Defected, and loads more. I'm particularly excited to have her on this week because sound engineering is something that I've been so keen to learn more about, and I read this incredibly shocking statistic that only 5% of sound engineers are female. And while it is important that you know we are just DJs or we are just sound engineers, until these stats start to even out a little bit, we need to stress them like they are still so important anyway getting a little bit carried away thank you so much for listening and please do rate and review and subscribe to the podcast and if you enjoy it share it and let other people know about it hi Nadia how are you doing I'm good Millie Uh, thank you for asking me to come on the podcast Thank you so much for being a guest. How are you holding up in lockdown? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I've just been, I think it's been all right for me, to be honest, because I guess I, I usually work from home anyways, but I'm finding I have more time to do other things that I wouldn't normally, like cooking or working out. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been all right. Nice. It sounds like you're staying positive and, yeah, just cracking on with it, really, like the rest of us, I guess. Yeah, trying to. I mean, I think like most of us, the first few weeks were a bit strange because we didn't really know what was going on. But I think we're all getting into the swing of it now. Yeah, it's it's weird how quickly you get used to like a new normal, essentially, and you find ways to work around what you're doing and to still make it work. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely found the first couple of weeks a bit weird. Um, I'm very (laughs) excited to have you on just because I don't really know very many female sound engineers. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah so it's it's really exciting um for anyone who doesn't know what your job entails could you explain what you do as a sound engineer so a sound engineer can work in different industries it could be music gaming theater um even media so like tv and film but i guess a sound engineer usually is the bridge between like the artist and the listener um working with like sound manipulating audio signals um where science like plays quite a huge part as well understanding the physics of sound and sound waves not to get too technical (laughs) (laughs) and i was watching your youtube that you've just started and yeah i don't know it sort of blew my mind a little bit because i didn't I know how to set up decks and I sort of like do the sound for my podcast but when it comes to things like compressing there are just so many different elements to it made me feel like I needed to learn a lot more about sound engineering definitely um oh sorry (laughs) I was just gonna say thank you for for watching it because um it takes it takes a lot of time to prepare and it's nice to hear when people actually took the time to watch so yeah thank you no YouTube does doesn't it with videos just any sort of video content takes such a long time to put together Uh, yeah it does so what first inspired you to become a sound engineer so it it's quite funny because I didn't actually intend to become a sound engineer, mm. um, but I've always loved music since I was really young, like three or four. I always wanted to be a performer. I'd gone to like 
musical theatre school Sylvia Young and Brit School on like a Saturday and I did like classical piano um so I guess all of that sort of built up to it and my dad's also an electrical engineer so there was always there's a technical equipment around the house Mm. and um yeah he'd always like tell me things about oh this sounds too compressed or I don't know but I guess when I got to uni that really sort of paved the way for my career and I ended up working for some radio stations whilst I was at uni so I ended up working for Rinse FM and like some other stations where I was able to like use desks uh, for the first time in a in like a music music industry away from uni Mm. so that was really fun and yeah, when I came out of uni, I, I got the opportunity to work at a fish and chips restaurant that had uh, live music upstairs. So that was like the first time I actually got to try it out and see if I actually enjoyed it or not. Okay. And I, I, yeah, and I really loved it because it was it was just new and every week was different, um, different bands coming in, different musicians. So I, I guess, yeah, that sort of ignited my, my passion for sound engineering. Did you study sound engineering at uni? Yeah, so I did um, sound engineering and audio production. It was uh, like a two-year condensed course, so it was really intense, like not as many holidays, but I don't know, I feel like that kind of kick-started my career a bit earlier than if I did a did the three years, though. So. And did you yeah, do it, it in London? Yeah, I did it in London at SAE Institute. Um, they've got quite a few universities worldwide, so I guess people who are listening to your podcast and they might be interested in checking it out, yeah, there's loads in many different countries, which is cool. I found that being in London and studying in London, it really helped me to sort of get into the industry, like you said, while you were studying, and it sort of just mm. gives you like a kickstart into what you want to do, because if you know what you want to do, you sort of just crack on and do it while you're studying, yeah. because the opportunities are there. How did yeah. you um? How did you start at Rinse? Like how did What's that, that? Sorry. How did the opportunity to start at Rinse come about? Oh, so I, I think well, it's similar to all my other sort of job opportunities. I kind of just had confidence to like just ask people, <laughs> go up to them and just say, "Oh, I know you work at Rinse. Um, would you be up for me like doing a a couple days?" I'd already worked at another previous radio station so I think that kind of helped me to to get into rinse Mm. um but yeah definitely just having confidence to ask like if you if you come across somebody and you know they've been to rinse or even like a DJ for example and you just ask them so that yeah that's kind of what happened nice yeah if you don't ask you don't get right so exactly (laughs) it can be scary but it's always worth doing and yeah, I live by that. Yeah, no, same, exactly. It's the best way to do it. Um, yeah. You've been on board for some huge platforms like Boiler Room and you've set up for some massive DJs and, you know, international brand events. Yeah. What's, for you, what's, like, the best thing about working with these massive platforms? Um, I don't know, I guess, like, I've worked my way up to, to, to working for, for those brands. And, um, for example, I ended up working for Defected Records last year, which was insane. <laughs> I, I worked for... for sorry. Yeah, I, was what, say, I just I, had I, Sam on, so I'm really excited that I think... I, I think your episode will go out after hers, but, yeah, Sam Devine, I interviewed oh, last amazing. week. amazing. She's fantastic. Yeah, oh, she, she's so cool. Yeah, she's amazing. She's really cool. So talented as well. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, it's, I don't know, I guess um, working for brands like that, it is kind of daunting a little bit, but only because you want to do a really good job. And I guess the most important thing is to just maintain being professional, um, but also going above and beyond as well, because you are working for a huge company where other people are inspired by what you're doing as well. They are such incredible brands, like with Boiler Room that goes out to thousands and thousands of people, right? You must feel a bit of pressure if you're setting up for those sort of events, I guess. Yeah, I mean, especially in the beginning, because I I didn't really have much experience with live broadcast. I kind of just had to throw myself into it. Um, And this is the great thing with sound engineering. Once you know the core of it, you are able to apply it to any sort of situation and sort of just absorb like a sponge and... and, um, move move with with the job but yeah boiler room is pretty mad especially when you see like how much how many people actually watched after the after the live show yeah because i guess you see the number on the screen it's a bit like an instagram live right where you see the number of people who are currently watching but that's obviously yeah. not the total amass throughout the entire thing yeah i try and not look at it whilst i'm <laughs> whilst i'm working I'm like, i can't yeah no fair enough so what's your average day like setting up an event for a brand like nike or for boiler room uh it's pretty exciting i can't i can't lie because (laughs) i think because everybody else is really excited that they're there too um i mean even people that are experienced working for those brands you, you can't deny that it is an exciting moment but yeah depending on the project i actually got to work for a nike event last year in November and it was called track and field with off-white and bone soda and I think it was like three days of prep plus one day of the actual event so I I don't know I guess closer to the time obviously people are getting more stressed there were hundreds of people and doing different things like you had my team doing the broadcast sound and then you had the video people there was like probably about 100 of them so, yeah, I guess the most important thing is to just make sure that you're on track with what you're doing and to sort of support other people as well. Hmm. Three days is such a long time. Wow, because I saw that event. I wasn't actually invited, sadly. I was, mm. quite, I was quite sad about it. <laughs> oh, It was pretty, like, I, I couldn't actually, I didn't actually realise the, um, like, the scope of how big it was until I got there. Because I think I just got a random message like a few a few weeks before saying, "Oh, there's this event. Like, would you be up for it?" So <laughs> even I turned up and thought, "Oh gosh, <laughs> this is huge." <laughs> so when you do most of your work, is it freelance or do you work through an agency? Yeah, so most of my work is freelance based. Um, I guess over the years I've kind of built up, uh, you know, people that know what I do and 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 who I've worked for. So. It's nice also through through word of mouth, I'm able to get a lot of my work too. Yeah, that and then repeat business I find is always like such a good thing because it means you've done a really good job. Yeah, exactly. It, it's so fulfilling as well. And um, it makes you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely doing the right right thing. Yeah, and no, I definitely agree. And as I, I mentioned earlier, I watched your YouTube channel, which is so informative I love it because it's just something I know nothing about and would like to definitely learn more about and um you share your experiences of and you sort of teach sound engineering skills on YouTube so how did that come about and how did you decide that you wanted to share your experiences and also your expertise with others because it's something you've obviously taken 
such a long time to learn. So mm-hmm. to want to then share that with other people, I think is really admirable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, well, I actually really wanted to start this YouTube channel last year in February 2019. And I'd already started filming and editing videos. But then, uh, like I said earlier, I got a job with Defected. I think that was around March. And I really wanted to put my all into the job because it was my first full-time job. And I love house music and I live for it. So to work for a record label like that... I just thought, okay, I need to put maximum effort into this. So I took a step back from all the editing and filming. But then I recently started freelancing again towards the end of 2019, and I just felt like it was only right to do the channel properly. Mm -hmm. So it took about a month to kind of get everything into place. Uh, And I think by the time I launched, lockdown had started. So I felt like that was kind of uh, a good sort of time connection. And yeah, I think for me, it's, I, I don't know, like there's so many tech uh, tutorials on YouTube and they're so boring. Like, I don't know if you've seen any, but they're just like of some really monotone guy, like behind a microphone that you can't see with a screen recording. And it's just, yeah, really boring. <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly so, what you mean. Sometimes I think when I first got DJ equipment, to learn how to set it up I watched a YouTube tutorial <laughs> as you do but yeah you, and also you don't find very many young females doing it no and for me and exactly and for me I felt like those two things where I could make it really exciting and more of a of a sort of a vlog rather than it being a straight tutorial and also because I'm young um I felt like it, it was it would be something for up and coming sound engineers or people that were looking into it to feel that okay there is some sort of light at the end of the tunnel if they're on a crazy journey or if they're losing hope like just mm-hmm. watch the videos and it's not it's not as dull as it might seem <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> your videos are anything but dull also I'm really yeah. obsessed with the intro animation it's so good oh thank you I yeah it's <laughs> not what you do as a profession YouTube I mean um and you absolutely <laughs> smashed it like you're putting all content creators to shame really <laughs> this is the other reason why I took time to launch it is because I really wanted it to you know I didn't want to just start it half-heartedly where it wasn't the right quality I wanted to start off and, and maintain that that standard mm-hmm. um and yeah that whole sort of like skit I, I just randomly drawn it out on a storyboard and my really bad drawing skills <laughs> and I just really wanted it to be like I didn't want the music to be boring so actually me and my my partner we made the music together at home and we'd like made it once we had the video so there's a point where like there's a crowd and I'm on the desk so we made sure there was like crowd noises and yeah I mean I've had quite positive feedback from it so yeah it's been been good so you share your experiences on there, but uh, have you ever had any experiences that you're willing to share here that have gone very wrong? Um, yeah, I'm willing to share because <laughs> I feel like even if something's gone wrong, you can always learn from it. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, well, the one that always sticks out to me is my first ever Boiler Room show, which was an International Women's Day event in Amsterdam. So I think I'd had like two or three practice runs in the office um, and it was, yeah, I had to fly out to Amsterdam and I think the event had like 900 people 
and it was going on for like 10 hours straight. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, all the sound was like running through my laptop, so uh, whatever you'd hear on the live stream was, was coming directly from my laptop. And I think towards the end of the night, there was about an hour left, I'd gone, left my laptop and I'd gone to like where the DJs is to, to swap the decks over, and I'd come back, and everyone was just looking at me, really, <laughs> really scared. I'm like, what's going on? They say, oh, someone spilled beer on your laptop. Oh, no. And I, I know, I literally broke down and I cried. I think I had a panic attack as well. Oh, it was literally the worst thing. I mean, bearing in mind, there's like this heavy, crazy techno music. There's an hour to go. And all that I'm thinking about is, oh, my God, the show's literally going to, it's going to collapse if my laptop dies. So what and do you so... have in your laptop that you were, like, controlling for the sound of the show? So what it was is this software um, that is like a digital mixing desk and you can connect, um, it's like a standalone mixing desk Mm. that you can sort of carry with you. It's really small and that then connects to your laptop via an Ethernet cable. So it all sort of runs off a network. And then because everything was literally running into my laptop, Oh. to then go out to the live stream. If that died, there'd be no music. Was it okay? <laughs> or no sound. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, it, yeah, yeah, it was okay in the end. I think I just flipped it upside down. And I don't know how it managed to stand through to the end. But, yeah, the show the show continued, and I think I just realised how to... that I needed to sort of calm down in future situations. Yeah, yeah, that was, I like, guess... my first when you um yeah. when you panic it makes everything worse but i mean that sounds like something you definitely had a right to panic a lot over but also not your fault yeah exactly. and I it ass- wasn't my- assume with boiler room it's not the first time or the last time that someone's gonna spill beer have spilt beer over something important that's i know <laughs> that happened in 2018 as well so since then every single event i've done with them if i've had to leave my laptop i've literally said to about three people around me okay i'm leaving can you just watch my laptop <laughs> <laughs> so not only are you a woman in music you're also a woman in tech and i feel like there aren't very many of those generally across the board um, mm. So I read some stats about it, and apparently only five percent of sound engineers are women. It's quite quite a small number, isn't it? Yeah, it's insane. So only two percent of producers are female as well, which is mental. That's, yeah, that is insane. That's even lower. Yeah, isn't it? Like absolutely mad. But have you ever felt that being a woman has been a barrier for your career so far? Um. To be honest, I think I've been quite lucky where, like, the majority of people that I've worked for are quite open to the idea of me being a woman and working in sound. Um, I've gone to venues where, like, there's a there's a venue in Prince of Prince of Wales in Brixton, mm. and that sound engineer actually ended up teaching me for a little bit of things to do in sound, which he didn't have to do. But, yeah, that was quite nice. Um, I guess I've had situations where maybe I've been setting up sound on stage and an artist comes who's supposed to be performing on the night and just assumes that I'm the singer for another act, (laughs) which, which is usually quite funny. Um, but yeah, I guess in those times you kind of just have to stay lighthearted and and be professional. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, so true. What are some of your favorite projects that you've worked on where you've seen women really champion each other? Um, so again, I have to, 
vouch for Boiler Room's International Women's Day event. Like, I've mm. done... The, I, yeah, I don't know if you've... Have you been to any of them? Do you know, I've not been seen? to any of them, but I have seen some of them. Um, the one with... I th- was it Nike and Georgia Smith? Yeah, that was last year. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, what was the other one? Um, Girl Talk with yeah. Adora, yeah. So that was... Was yeah. that this year? They did it this year and last year, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so no, I've yeah. definitely, like, have seen stuff about them, but I've actually not been to one. But it's amazing how, like, even, you know, even, even if you haven't gone, like, the how you, how you can see, like, what they've been doing, the reach. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that those events have been amazing. I've, I've been able to work on them every year since 2018. And that feeling in the atmosphere is insane. I think everyone just, it's a celebration but more than a celebration, if you just go to a normal boiler room event, like you can feel there's more effort. Um, but the great thing about working in boiler room is that it sort of continues throughout the year. It's not just on International Women's Day where, for example, we have an all-female team on International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. And even if it's on other events and we have women on that team and they're mixed with guys, we still have that atmosphere where everybody's still championing women, which is great. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm making a really big thing of it, but it's like at the same time, it is just so important to continue to talk about. I think. Mhm. Exactly. And I feel like until you know, I, I understand when people say you know we shouldn't really say, "Oh, I'm a female sound engineer" or "I'm a female DJ." I'm just a DJ, and I get that to a point. But then I also feel like if we don't champion it a little bit, then not enough people will get to hear that a change is actually being made. Yeah, exactly. That's so, so true, too. So lastly, you've been such a great guest. Thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Last question. What advice would you give to someone wanting to get into sound engineering? And what are your do's and don'ts? Oh, okay. So uh, a couple do's then. I definitely say be prepared for the long hours. Um, It might seem really fun and exciting and you get to work for different brands and huge DJs. But, um, yeah, definitely be committed and there are uh, really, really long days, like 14-hour days sometimes. You might not even get a break. Um, But it's so worth it. (laughs) Uh, Also, just study your craft and try and absorb as much information as you can. There's some really cool um, magazines like Sound on Sound because it's quite a technology-based career. The technology is always developing. So, yeah, make sure you're, you're up to date with that. Um, don't, I'd probably just say, don't think you're going to get into it straight away. It's going to take some time, but just because it's going to take some time, don't give up. Don't assume that every job you do is going to be like smooth sailing, (laughs) (laughs) but even if it's not, um, just remember to always take something from those events and and apply it to the next one because that allows you to avoid getting into a situation again <laughs> yeah um and then for anyone who wants to get into sound engineering how would you what would your advice be for them to go about it do you think that you need to go to uni and study it or do you think that you could learn on the job mm. um well okay i'll give you a bit of information so when i went to uni i didn't actually study live sound i just studied like sound engineering as general um and everything I'd learned about live sound, which is like a whole separate thing I'd learn on job. So I guess you don't have to go to uni. You can sort of learn on job. But if 
if you're if you're really committed and you want to learn things that you feel like you might not be able to learn on job more specifically to do with like science or you know more in depth I'd say yeah you should probably go and study it but if you obviously haven't got the time or the funds then there's no problem with with learning on job you could learn just as much yeah amazing it's always nice that there are the opportunities in these sort of careers where you don't necessarily have to go to uni yeah exactly like I guess if you wanted to be a doctor or a surgeon then yeah you would probably have to go to uni (laughs) but the great thing about this is um yeah you could definitely learn on job and find out more skills that way amazing well is there anything else that you want to share that I've not asked Uh, I actually think you you asked some great questions. Oh, thank you. It's been so much fun. And hopefully we'll get to, like, do something in person and and meet up at some point. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great too. And which, I mean, it's not not looking good for the clubs and the pubs at the moment. (laughs) Where can everyone find you if they want to on the internet? Uh, I'd probably say Instagram's my easiest point of call which is um n.noodle n-o-u-d-l-e um or you could of course get at me on my youtube account which is called noodle sound um and yeah yeah i recommend that you definitely check that one out um thank you so much for being a guest again and thank you everyone for listening and see you next week